Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Green Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldsmith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs. Billiken win! Billiken win! Now, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to the show. It is good to be with you. Last hour, Bob Nightingale of USA Today. We had Travis Ford of St. Louis University and Chris Zimmerman of the St. Louis Blues. Those three interviews can be heard right now on our Odyssey app. Just rewind to the 10 o'clock hour. One hour ago is when we started the show, and they'll be podcasting up at KMOX.com on our Sports on a Sunday Morning podcast page. We talked a lot about Shohei Otani with Bob, but also about the Cardinals, what he thinks they may or may not do, looking at starting pitching, bullpen, all of it. It's in our interview with Bob Nightingale. I thought it was really nice to hear him again. The Cardinals open the season, guess where? Dodger Stadium against Shohei Otani. His first National League game will be against the Cardinals. And at the moment, looks like he'll be facing Sonny Gray, but we'll see what the Cardinals end up doing with their opening day starter and with their rotation. As it stands right now, that's where we are. But that game, of course, as all of them are, will be on KMOX Radio. It'll be on March 28th, a 310 first pitch. We are just about three and a half months away from first pitch of opening day at Bush at uh, Dodger Stadium. Then they'll play at Petco Park against Mike Schilt. And following that, they'll be home. It'll be on Thursday, April 4th, Bush Stadium, the Cardinals and the Marlins at 315. A lot to do, of course, between now and then, not only with the front office still scanning the market, but also with us. We have so much going on. We have Countdown to Opening Day. Those are on Thursday nights with Matt Pauley and Mike Claiborne. We have the Cardinals Caravan. We're going to be heading out to you. All of our great radio affiliates, 145 strong, largest radio network in Major League Baseball. We select some of those markets, and we head out with players and staff. We come right to you and have a lot of fun. I'm going to be uh, heading out on the caravan here, and I'm looking forward to that. We have the winter warm-up happening at Ballpark Village. That's going to be happening Martin Luther King Jr. weekend here in St. Louis. So we look forward to seeing you all there. We have the Baseball Writers' Dinner. That's happening on the Sunday of that weekend, and that's going to be a lot of fun. You can check that out by looking at the St. Louis Baseball Writers' Association website. We have some big names confirmed already for that one. Uh, we've got Tony LaRussa is going to come to that one. We have a number of former players and current players like uh, Jordan Walker, I do believe, is confirmed for that, but we have a number of players who are going to be there. Uh, the website is stlouisbbwaa.com, stlouisbbwaa.com. 
Com as we have the 64th annual St. Louis Baseball Writers Den. There are only two left in the country. One of them's here and one of them is in New York. That's it. And the St. Louis chapter continues to go strong. We're going to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the 2004 NL pennant winning team, which I will say is a top five Cardinals team of all time. How about that? Who are my top five Cardinals teams of all time? In no particular order, 1967 would be the number one team of all time. I might put 68 right there, Drew. I mean, 68 was a heck of a team that the Tigers beat. I got to include another team that lost out in the World Series, 1985. Those Cardinals have to be in that group. I'd say the 2004 Cardinals are in that group. And then I'm probably going to grab one of Stan's teams. I'll just pick 1946. But 42, 44, 46... Uh, some great teams. And, yeah, there are other. I mean, I'm talking about top five Cardinals teams of all time, for goodness sakes. I mean, of course, the 2011 team was awesome. A roaring comeback and a great, great team. Uh, 82 won it all. 06 won it all. But, I don't know, those would be my picks, just top of mind. Uh, the 04 Cardinals with that ferocious lineup with Pujols and Roland and Edmonds and Larry Walker. And, and that was that was tough. That was tough, and the Red Sox got him. Uh, let's switch gears from baseball, however, to football. And a key block by the left guard, Tom Ackerman. And right here, let's go downstairs to Bonnie. Marv, if you remember that uh, big run Robert Holcomb had on the first drive, one of the guys responsible on help busting him loose was Tom Ackerman. Tom Ackerman up front, and this is a unit that has played very well. A good night for Eddie George. 21 carries, 74 yards. The left guard, Tom Ackerman, with the block that, that set him free. It's a first down. Yes, it is that time. I hope to meet offensive lineman Tom Ackerman one of these days. 11-12 here on Sports on a Sunday morning. It's time for our picks against the spread. Let's start with the game on KMOX at 325. It's the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, the line has moved. It was one and a half. It is now two. Chiefs by two at home against a desperate Buffalo Bills team that has... Dropped a game at Philadelphia. It was a great football game, but they lost to the Eagles. Chiefs also lost to the Eagles at Arrowhead Stadium not too long ago. Before that, the Bills blasted the Jets, but they lost a couple of games to Cincinnati and Denver. So they've lost three of four and four of their last six. They do have a bye, however, that they've been able to get healthy, and now they go to Kansas City to take on a Chiefs team that has also struggled. They have lost three of five, surprisingly. The Super Bowl champions have dropped games at Denver, at home against the Eagles, and most recently at Lambeau Field. And the most concerning thing about it is they've failed to score and score in bunches like they're used to. They scored 19 against the Packers, only 17 against the Eagles, and just nine points against the Denver Broncos. The Chiefs scored just six points in the first half at Lambeau, Six in the third quarter, seven in the fourth quarter, came up short against Jordan Love, who threw three touchdown passes, and that's probably the most concerning thing of all. Because if Jordan Love is going to hit them for three TD passes, what do you think Josh Allen's going to do? 
I think this is going to be a great football game. I think it will be tight down to the wire. Two AFC powers going head-to-head. The Bills are the desperate team here. They are 6-6. and They kind of have to win this game to get themselves jump-started again. The Dolphins are running away with the AFC East, and so if they want a wild card, they better get this and get it quickly. I think they're going to be denied. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game today. And I think they're going to win it by more than two. I think it could come down to a field goal. I think two's a tough spread. If it was three, I might reconsider. But two, I'm going to go with the Chiefs and give the two to the Bills. Reluctantly, but I'm going to do it. If you look at the wild card right now, the Bills are on the outside looking in. I repeat, they are on the outside, and they've got major competition. Denver's 6-6, six and six, Cincinnati's 6-6, six and six, Pittsburgh's 7-6. They're out, too. So, got to win it, and I'm picking against them. Scott Jagow, I hope that means good news for your Bills. I'm going Chiefs minus two today against the Buffalo Bills. Here are the noon games, Tampa Bay at Atlanta. The Falcons are one-point favorites. I'll stay with them. I'll go with the Falcons again. They seem to get these close games done at home. I think they beat the Bucs today. They're, by the way, the leader in the NFC South with a 6-6 six and six record. <laughs> they are going to win this game by more than one. I got the Falcons minus one. Detroit at Chicago. The Bears are awful. The Lions, 9-3, solid team. Three-point favorite on the road at Soldier Field. I'll take them. I'll give the three to the home Chicago Bears. Detroit minus three. Indianapolis at Cincinnati. I've been riding the Colts for a while. Bengals minus Joe Burrow are a very interesting team. They're three-point favorites at home. I'll take the Colts plus three on the road. Jacksonville at Cleveland. The Browns are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against a good Jacksonville team. Really good, I think. Uh, however, a high ankle sprain for Trevor Lawrence is a problem. And I'm going to go Browns minus two and a half with that defense holding. This game is going to be low scoring, too, uh, holding the Jaguars down. I don't do over-unders, though. Just, just point spreads. Carolina at New Orleans, the Saints against the lowly Panthers. Saints are five and a half point favorites at home. And I'll take a minus five and a half. Houston at the Jets. Houston minus three. I'm going Jets plus three on that one. I like the Texans, but something tells me they could be up for a little trap today. Rams at Baltimore. The Ravens seven and a half point favorites. Ravens are the team that I don't think enough people talk about. They are solid from top to bottom. And I think they hammer the Rams today. They are a seven-and-a-half point favorite. I hate seven-and-a-half point spreads, but I'll take it anyway. Minnesota at Vegas. It's a three-point spread. Minnesota favorite at the Raiders. Uh, I'm going to go Minnesota. Minus three on the road at the Raiders. Seattle at San Francisco. The 49ers are the best team in the NFL right now. They are a whopping 14-point favorite against the Seahawks today. Holy smokes, that's a lot. Uh, that's a lot. I'm going to take Seahawks plus 14. As good as the 49ers are, I think they come down a little bit from their monster win against the Eagles. Then the other games tonight, we have one more game this afternoon, Denver at the Chargers. Chargers are a three-point favorite at home. I'm going to go with the Broncos on the road there. Broncos plus three. 
The night game tonight's a good one. Philadelphia at Dallas with the Eagles looking for some redemption. The Cowboys are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I like the Eagles here on the road on a Sunday night, reestablishing little uh, little anger, little anger from the Eagles tonight. I got birds plus three-and-a-half at Dallas. Tennessee at Miami. The Dolphins are a juggernaut to be sure. 14-point favorites on a Monday night football against the Titans. I'm going to take them. I I love their scoring, and I think they tend to run away with games. I'll give the Titans 14 points on Monday night football. And then we have the Packers at the Giants on KMOX on Monday night. Packers, six-and-a-half-point favorites at the Giants. Not so fast. Giants plus six-and-a-half on Monday night football. That is your... Look at NFL picks against the spread. When we come back, here's a player I think should be in the NFL, Cody Schrader. What he had to say to the crowd at the Missouri Athletic Club on Tuesday night after receiving a Jack Buck Sports Award, the Carl O'Bauer Award. That's next. Welcome back to the Graybar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to the show. The Heisman Trophy has gone to Jaden Daniels. He won the Heisman in a decisive victory. I actually loved him coming into the season. In fact, Drew, I remember saying on this show that I thought he would win the Heisman, that he was the best player in the country, but I was wrong about LSU being a national title contender. I thought that LSU would be in the mix for the college football playoff until the very end, and as it turned out, they got whipped pretty good by Florida State early in the year. Then LSU really started to show what they're capable of, finished pretty strong. I mean, they ended up losing to Alabama as well and eventually got themselves knocked out of the college football playoff race. But Daniels just ran wild and passed like a madman. I mean, he was incredible against Missouri. They just couldn't stop him in the 49-39 loss to LSU. And he ended up with an amazing year. Uh, He's actually the first Heisman winner to be part of a team that failed to play for a conference championship since 2016. That last player was Lamar Jackson of Louisville. They went nine and three, and so did his LSU team. He is LSU's third winner overall. He is a transfer from Arizona State. He is the fifth quarterback in the last seven seasons to win the Heisman after transferring. In fact, the players who finished behind him in the race also are transfers. Michael Penix transferred from Indiana to Washington. He finished second in the Heisman voting. And Bo Nix, who transferred from Auburn to Oregon, was third in the voting. Marvin Harrison Jr. finished fourth. He's the excellent wide receiver from Ohio State. Fifth, interestingly, was Jordan Travis, the quarterback from Florida State, who broke his leg, and subsequently Florida State, who finished 13-0, and ended up being knocked out of the college football playoff, and part of the reasoning of the committee was that Florida State had injuries to their quarterbacks, and so they weren't considered one of the best four teams, which I thought was wrong. But anyway, that's the way it shook out, and Alabama gets Michigan. Good luck with that. 
and you get Texas against Washington in the other one. Where did that leave Cody Schrader, the SEC's leading rusher who should have been invited to the presentation? I don't know why you have to have four. Why can't you have more than four people? I mean, Cody Schrader led the SEC in rushing. I mean, it's an awesome story. I don't, I don't see why you wouldn't have him there. Anyway, he finished eighth in the voting. Some person who I'd like to buy a beer <laughs> gave him a first place vote, which I think is great. But anyway, Cody Schrader did not receive the Heisman Trophy. He did receive the Burlesworth Trophy in Bentonville, Arkansas earlier this week for being the best player in the country who started as a walk-on. There are some pretty big names that have won that as well, like Baker Mayfield, uh, like Stetson Bennett, like Hunter Renfro. There's some good ones who have won that award. He's also received the Carl O'Bauer Award, and that was picked up on Tuesday at the Jack Buck Sports Awards. I had the great honor and privilege to present Cody Schrader with that award, and this was his acceptance speech on Tuesday night in front of a packed house, a raucous house, might I add, at the MAC. Just, I just want to first want to just say uh, thank you to the MAC for having me and my family here tonight. Um, for the recognition for the Carl O. Bauer Award. Um, it truly is an honor um, just to have my name next to some historical legends that um, have received this reward um, just from playing um, you know, sports, whether that was blues hockey, St. Louis blues, um, or St. Louis Cardinals, and uh, just St. Louis sports personalities. Um, so it really is an honor just to be a part of this. And as a kid, um, this is everything you dream about, to come back to you know, where you grew up, um, where home is, and the place that you're always looking forward to come back to. Um, so just to be here tonight is um, uh, a real honor, and I just want to say thank you, guys. Um, I also just want to say thank you to my family and Lutheran South family for being here tonight. Um, I know you guys have sacrificed um, your evening to be here um, to help recognize me. Um, and I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for the community behind me, um, whether that was throughout high school, um, still at Truman State, and even now at Missouri. Um, it truly is um, awesome to know what type of community you have behind you. Um, I just want to say thank you to all you guys for helping me make my dream come true. And I also just want to thank uh, Mizzou Football, the University of Missouri, and my teammates and coaches for believing in me. Um, you know, my journey wasn't easy, but I wouldn't have it uh, any other way. Um, I think I've um, learned so many um, values and um, different things that I can hopefully take on um, once football is over. Um, and it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be stand in front of you if uh, I didn't recognize my own line and the big dogs up front. Um, they have uh, improved drastically. Um, they put in the work, um, and they want to dominate just as bad as I want to dominate. So that combination this year um, has been really awesome and something um, that really has really helped me in my career. Um, so if it wasn't for those guys, um, definitely wouldn't be standing up here. Um, I also just want to say uh, thank you to the city of St. Louis. Um, that Loot of the Zoo series that you guys have created for us um, alongside the University of Missouri um, and being able to play back in the dome where the greatest show on turf was played, um, be able to score touchdowns and um, beat Memphis this year there was um, a dream come true, not only just for me, but I can speak on behalf of um, all the kids that are from St. Louis that's on uh, Mizzou. Um, it was an honor and to see the support and to see the energy and the fan base come back alive. Um, was something that uh, was talked about for many weeks, and we are extremely grateful for all your guys' support um, and having our backs and having that belief in us again. Uh, maybe some things that you guys might not know about me. I actually grew up in uh, Jefferson County in a small town called DeSoto. Um, so I didn't, I wasn't actually originally born in St. Louis. 
Um, but I do remember growing up, my dad would always take us to uh, blues hockey games. And I remember leaving school, being excited um, and getting ready for an hour car ride all the way up here. Um, and one thing I always remember is seeing the arch. And to me, that was like, I'm in St. Louis. And when I got here um, and finally moved here in St. Louis, um, to me, St. Louis meant opportunity. Um, it meant a place to grow. It meant a place to achieve my dreams, chase my dreams. Um, and that's kind of what uh, St. Louis meant to me throughout high school. And the families, I've met amazing families who have been so um, critical in my journey um, and created lifelong friendships. And hopefully, uh, you know, one day I can build uh, my family here. And I'm proud to say that St. Louis is my home. Uh, I just want to say thank you. Um, and I'll see you guys at the Cotton Bowl. And my Z. He's a great kid. Cody Schrader, Lutheran South to Truman State to Mizzou to SEC leading rusher to the Carl O'Bauer Award at the Jack Buck Awards on Tuesday night. He is a lot of fun. I think that an NFL team will take a shot, whether he gets drafted late or somebody invites him to camp. But let me throw this out there. Would he not be, would that be ridiculous if he was a St. Louis Battlehawk? I mean, come on. Come on now. That would be unbelievable. But I think better for him would be that an NFL team takes him on. He'd be the ultimate special teams guy. He'd be a great running back. And, you know, they have an opportunity to showcase all these guys do against Ohio State on December 29th. I don't care who plays for Ohio State, if it's their third string or fourth string, if everybody's transferring or sitting out. It's Ohio State, and Missouri is going to be ready to go. They are ready to show off against a brand. So I hope the Buckeyes are ready because I know Missouri is going to be ready. Let me also mention this, that I think that Missouri has a Heisman candidate on its team right now for 2024, a very serious one, and that is Luther Burden. Luther was top 10 in the country in receiving yards. He had 1,197 receiving yards. That is top 10 in, in America. He was also top 10 in receptions. He had 83 catches. And remember, he just started playing in the slot. He's a sophomore. Last year, he played on the outside. Now you added Theo Weiss, you have Mookie Cooper, and all Makai Miller. So the opportunity for Luther to play in the slot, and he does that, 83 catches for 1197, that is big-time stuff. I think Luther is a Heisman candidate next year. Now the guys that are getting the most attention are quarterbacks and they're all over the place, all over the country. Carson Beck at Georgia, uh, Jalen Miller at Alabama, uh, the quarterbacks at, you know, Texas and Ole Miss and everywhere else. Shadur Sanders, I think will get a lot of attention out of Colorado. If they could protect him, that'd be great. Uh, they only have even better numbers. Their offensive line kind of got weak last year. I don't even think he's the best player on his own team. I think that's Travis Hunter. I think Travis Hunter at Colorado might be the most talented player in America. He probably will be a Heisman candidate too. But I think Luther has a shot here at getting some Heisman attention. He'll have to have some big games against some big opponents in 2024, but no doubt about it. I think Missouri's got another one coming. We will take a quick timeout when we come back. He mentioned hockey. We're going to go back to the Jack Buck Sports Awards and a wonderful guest at the awards was Red Berenson, the legendary St. Louis Blues forward who legendarily scored six goals in one game 55 years ago on November 7th, 1968. 
I had a chance to visit with him in front of the crowd. You will hear that next. We will talk some college basketball before we go. And we'll also recognize the MLS Cup, which was won by the Columbus Crew. That is all on the way. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Gray Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Gray Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to the show from the Jack Buck Awards on Tuesday night. Had a chance to visit with a legend. In fact, he is a Blues Hall of Famer. And on November 7th, 1968, he electrified the crowd and beyond in Philadelphia when he scored six goals against the Flyers in one hockey game a member of the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame and a member of the St. Louis Blues Hall of Fame. And I should mention that Mr. Berenson is going to be back for that. It is on January 19th. And before we have our conversation, there are tickets available for the Blues Hall of Fame dinner, which will be right here in this room as they induct Blues greats Mike Liute, Keith Kachuk, and the late great Pavel Dimitra. Red Berenson, it is great to have you here at the Missouri Athletic Club when you see that video of that great day, first of all, what do you think about? Well, I think it's so long ago they didn't even have TV because all you got is a radio broadcast. <laughs> but it was a good radio broadcast. Well, yeah. they had TV, but they used to erase the games the minute they were over. Nobody cared about them. And it was a road game. It was in Philadelphia. The St. Louis fans saw it and then forgot it. But just as well, if I can't see it, it was probably pretty good. But Dan Kelly made it great. And if I could just take one segment from uh, all these coaches talking, it's really about teamwork. And we had that kind of a team. The players on our team were more excited than I was. And we got a shutout for Jock Plant. In fact, Scotty Bowen was trying to get me to go on the ice again. And it's, it's no, I can't go, Scotty. If, if 
if we get scored on, Jock will kill me. And, uh, and, and our team really enjoyed it too. It was a great team uh, event. It wasn't a one-man show. It was, I got lucky, I was the recipient, but that's how our team was. And we became a pretty good team and I think we got St. Louis off to a good foundation. Almost had a seventh goal in that game, actually, uh, when you go back, didn't you? Yeah, well, I hit the crossbar on one. I didn't know I could raise the puck that high because our, our sticks were pretty straight, if you remember. And so anyway, it was just, it was one of those lucky games. I mentioned the name earlier, Barkley Plager. I want to start with him. When I say Barkley Plager, what do you think about? Bark was maybe, maybe the best competitor, pound for pound, of any player I played with. It's just as far as being wired all the time, not once in a while, all the time. It didn't matter how big or fast or strong or mean anybody was, Bark was ready to either hit him or, or take him on or whatever it, had to, whatever it took. And he could hit, like he and Bob, they could hit open ice hits that you rarely see in today's game. They would catch players with their heads down. Well, now you'd get suspended, you'd be thrown out of hockey for making hits that were cl considered clean hits, that would be a great hit. And they would carry guys off the ice and Bob would laugh, watch Bark will get him. That'll, that'll be a, he'll go right to the hospital. And so it was, that was Barclay Plager and a great teammate. And, and that's one of the reasons I stayed on to coach is when I retired and Bark wanted me to stay and help him coach the team that we, Emil Francis was starting to draft these great young players of Federicos and Sutters and Babbage and Turnbull and, and so on. And so, and I could see these guys were going to be really good and better than the older guys that were retiring. And so that's how sports are. But uh, we all felt good about the team. And it was, it was a team game. If we didn't have Barkley Plager, we wouldn't have won. If we didn't have Bob Plager, we wouldn't have won. If we didn't have Noel Picard, we wouldn't have won. And so on. It went right down the lineup. Terry Crisp. Frank, uh, Frank St. Marseille, some guys that maybe never would have played in the NHL except for the expansion. And they got their chance and they wanted to prove something. And for you young players, and I talked to that kid back there that's a young player, has not been drafted, you've got something to prove. And if you go out and prove it, and just take the attitude from tonight's conversation, I'll be coming here watching you get a real award, an award of something you've done, not something at the high school level, it might be college, it might be the NHL, so good for you, good luck to you. What do you love about this game, Red? Why have you been in this game so long? What do you love about it? How did it start for you also? Well, it's been my whole life, really, and, and coming, I'm not gonna get into it, it will be here all night, but uh, they'll, they'll turn the lights off. But I just love the game. I love the people in the game, the players, the, but they're people. I mean, these are people behind these uniforms. And uh, let's talk about Bob Plager. And as Bob was such a character, and what you saw on the ice was just a small part of the Bob Plager that I know. And what a great guy he was, you know, what a great friend and a teammate and so on. And, but he was full of it. You didn't know what he would do. Like, you'd be sitting here having dinner, and somebody would say, shoe check and you look at your shoes and there'd be a bunch of ketchup or something on them and it'd be Bob Plager crawling around under the tables putting ketchup in everybody's <laughs> shoes or or giving you a, a hot foot and sticking matches under the sole of your shoe and then lighting them on fire and going sit down and say watch watch everything 
So this is old-time hockey, but I like the funness of the game and the characters in the game, and uh, and I like the speed and the skill of the game as well. I'm a big NHL fan. I love college hockey. I like to see these kids come out of college and play in the NHL and have a, gra a degree they can fall back on. I'm so proud of Bobby Gassoff, what he did at Michigan. He came as a freshman. We won the national championship, and uh, and he stayed. He was a great ambassador for our team. In the community, he was probably the best teammate anybody could have. He had your back all the time, but he was always encouraging you, regardless of how much he played or what he did. It was always about you, and it was about the team. And we need more of that in our in our corporate world. We need more of that in our schools. We need more of that everywhere. So good for Bobby. Not much better than walking on that campus, Yost Arena, seeing the fans, feeling the cold of the ice and your team skating around. What can you tell us about coaching? We've honored coaches here tonight. What was the key to coaching for you? How did you find success? Well, I never wanted to be a coach. I, I'm honestly, I never, I mean, I didn't like Scotty Bowman. I didn't like Toll Blake. I didn't like any of them. But... When the day came that I had to stand behind the bench as an experienced player and take over the team, I thought, holy jeez. And now it was, what would Scotty do? And what would so-and-so do? And I, I've learned a lot from the coaches above me, and, uh, and I think it helped me in it. And being a player, you know, you're a player. You know how you should be treated, and you know how you shouldn't be treated. And, uh, and you want to be coached hard. I told our players, I'm going to coach you the way I wanted to be coached, and I wanted to be coached hard. It's not going to be easy, and you're not going to like it. But you're going to like it at the end of the year because you're going to find a way to win. And that was what it was all about. And, and then I cared about them as people, and I cared about their school. And I know these coaches do too. If you don't care about your players, they'll see right through you. And if you don't care about what's important to them, like school, then they're not going to go for it. They're not going to go for it. And that's, it's got to be real. Brett, a final thing for you, and that is you're in the unique position of having seen this Blues organization from its beginning, really, until now. What was the city like then, and what have you seen over the course of time, the impact that the Blues have had on this community? Well, it's only been 40-some years, but <laughs> when, since I left. And, uh, and, but the, I can tell you, this community made the team. I mean, it was the ownership of the Solomons, that stepped up right from the start and they put all that money in the old arena that was really heated by coal. And we'd get coal dust all over our, and you'd have coal dust on your lips and your nostrils. And, but when they cleaned it up, it was like Madison Square Gardens. It was a great place. And we knew that they wanted to do everything they could for us. And they got the players and the, the, and the fans started to come. And at first they didn't, but it, they started to come as the year went on that first year. And pretty soon it was full, and, uh, and it was so much fun, whether it was the organ player and all the traditions started to grow and the, the music, the saints go marching in. It was a great place for the players. It was a great place for the fans, and it still is. With a new building, a new ownership, and new players, and new management, I think the coaches and the players, uh, if they get half the feeling that we had, that what we would do for this franchise 
on a on a small scale and on a big scale. If they would, if they will go for it and do it, and and make your name, and you want to be part of the future of this program, then I think you're going to see another championship. I, I think Doug Armstrong and his staff are doing a great job. They're bobbling all the the different things that we didn't have in those days, the salary caps and the and the player free agency and all the different rules now that these guys have to deal with. But uh, good for them. They've got a good team. They've got a good program, and they've got the town behind them. And this town, as we all know, the sports. This is a sports town. When I got here, I didn't know anything about the Cardinals. But guess who they drafted while I was here is Dan Deardorff, who's from Michigan. So I had to introduce myself to Deardorff. Well, Deardorff's best friend was Jim Hart. Jim Hart was our neighbor down the street. So now we're godparents to his kids, and so on. <laughs> So this is a, uh, it's a sports town. It's just a big time sports town. Getting to meet Stan Musial and all the, the people up on the hill. Yogi Bear, I met him. He was only about up to my waist. <laughs> and, but what, what a great guy. What, I mean, I listened to him on the radio all the way up. What a, I love the Yankees and so on. But it's been a great sports town. I, I'm not gonna sit here all night. I don't have to tell you people, you wouldn't be here if it weren't a great sports town. And this is a great event, but I'm not going to keep you up all night, so. Four years, yeah. Four years ago, we stood right here and gave the Legends Award to Bobby Plager. And it is our honor to give you here in 2023 the Bob Plager Legends Award. Red Berenson. Thank you very much. Boy, how great to hear from Red Berenson there. That was from just this past Tuesday night, Red Berenson receiving the Bob Plager Legends Award. Red Berenson is one heck of a storyteller, isn't he? He is 84 years old. He just turned 84 on Friday. And a big happy birthday and a thank you to Red for joining us. Now, the youngest honoree, that evening, he mentioned uh, the David Vitt, the hockey player from Kirkwood. But the youngest honoree on stage was Miguel Perez. He received the David Freeze Hometown Hero Award. Here is his under two-minute acceptance speech, but it's a good one. He was presented by his father, Luis Perez. Miguel graduated from Pattonville High School and two days later scored a goal, his first in MLS and certainly not his last. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> and thanks to my entire family and close friends for being here to support me, not only tonight, but as I grew up in St. Louis playing soccer. All the practices and out-of-town games, they'll never know how much I appreciated their love and support in my dream of playing soccer professionally. What makes it even more special is that I am able to play for my hometown of St. Louis, where I was born and raised. Not many athletes get to play in the city they grew up in, and I feel extremely fortunate and blessed to be representing my hometown on and off the pitch. I am honored and humbled to be standing here tonight accepting the Hometown Hero Award, being mentioned in the same breath as some other hometown heroes, such as Pat Maroon, David Fries, Brad Davis, and many others is pretty incredible. The names I mentioned have all made their marks in the St. Louis sports scene and are so important to our city. I hope to do the same throughout my career and represent St. Louis with the same pride and passion as those who came before me. And I would like to thank the members of the Missouri Athletic Club for honoring me with this award. It means so much to me and I am truly grateful. 
Your recognition inspires me even more as my journey continues. I want you to know I appreciate it more than words can express. Lastly, I'd like to thank my second family, everyone at St. Louis City SC, who took a chance on a local kid from St. Louis, allowing me to achieve my dream of becoming a professional soccer player. For my world-class ownership group, sporting director Lutz Fanestil, head coach Bradley Carnell, staff, and teammates. The last couple of years have been so special being a part of this organization, and I look forward to continuing to work hard for this team, the coaching staff, and this city. Go City, and thank you again. Miguel Perez, the recipient of the David Freeze Hometown Hero Award. Isn't that something that you have two guys 66 years apart and delivering the same message? Grateful, great sports town. And recipients, Red Berenson and Miguel Perez, among the recipients at the Jack Buck Sports Awards on Tuesday. We heard a little earlier from Cody Schrader. Speaking of Major League Soccer, the MLS Cup has been decided and the Columbus crew won their third. They beat LAFC yesterday 2-1 to to claim their third MLS Cup, the Columbus Crew. They won it in 2008 when they beat the New York Red Bulls, and in 2020 when they defeated the Seattle Sounders. They lost to the Portland Timbers in the 2015 title game. Only the LA Galaxy and DC United have won more titles than the Columbus Crew. LA Galaxy's won five, DC United's won four, and now Columbus has won three. Los Angeles, LAFC, was looking to become the fourth MLS team to win consecutive titles, but they were stopped cold by Columbus. St. Louis, as you know, was bounced in the first round by Sporting KC. They'll regroup and try to get after it in 2024, and that season will be coming faster than you realize. We'll take a quick break. We'll wrap with some college basketball thoughts next. Welcome back to the Gray Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings, and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to the show. It has been a great one, and we appreciate everybody joining us here today. We have, of course, it'll be up on our Sports on a Sunday Morning podcast. College basketball yesterday. I don't have time for all the national games. I'll give you a few. The number one team in the nation is Arizona. They rolled. They beat Wisconsin 98-73 yesterday. Wisconsin's the 23rd-ranked team in the nation, but Arizona looked great taking care of business. We mentioned Kansas They're the number two team in the country. They beat Missouri 73-64. Hunter Dickinson, 13 points, 16 rebounds. Kevin McCullough and K.J. Adams had 17 points apiece. Kansas is now 9-1. They beat Missouri. Tigers fall to 7-3. Jayhawks closed out the first half on a 14-0 run, and that pretty much did Mizzou in. Although Missouri came back a little bit in the second half, they ended up losing by 9 Final score was 73-64. Number three team in the country is Houston. They beat Jackson State. The easy win for them, 89-55. Fourth-ranked team in America is Purdue. Purdue had a tough game, but this game was in Toronto. A very Purdue crowd. Zach Eady is from there. He matched his season high with 35 points. Braden Smith had 27, and Purdue beat Alabama. 92-86. 92-86. Fifth-ranked UConn, no problem with Arkansas Pine Bluff, 101-63. Elsewhere in college basketball, Tennessee beat Illinois, 86-79. 
Tennessee's a good team. So is Illinois, though. Dalton Connect scored 21 points. Tennessee rallied from a second-half deficit. They beat Illinois at home. Raucous atmosphere in Knoxville, and it was an easy uh, victory to close out for Tennessee, but not for most of this game. The Illini were held scoreless in a just a 13 minutes to play. It was a four-point deficit. Tennessee rallied to a six-point lead, and that kind of did Illinois in. This Illinois team will be just fine, though. Uh, tough loss for them. I didn't expect them to win the game, uh, but they fall 86-79 to a good Tennessee team. I mentioned SLU. We talked to Travis Ford earlier in the day, beating Hofstra 71-68. UMKC beat Lindenwood 72-67. Missouri State over Sam Houston State 69-60. And Southeast Missouri State fell at IPFW 89-80. Norfolk State beat Illinois State 64-58. In that game, there were accusations of racial slurs being uh, tossed towards some uh, Norfolk State players. Whether that is true or not, uh, the coach of that team, Robert Jones, was very upset about it. He actually got in the face of Illinois State coach Ryan Peden in that game. Uh, let's be better. Uh, I don't know what was said, but uh, let's let's be better. Our kids are listening. Just uh, remember that. It's 11.57. The news is next. Thanks for joining us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 